In today's bonus episode, join us as real estate heavyweights have a chance to go some extra rounds into this week's topic. Hey everyone, I'm here with Ken Rosengren. Hi, Ken. Hi. Hey, and he's with Lacido Global at KW, serving Portland, Oregon, and Washington State. And Ken and I were having a conversation on why he doesn't attend the closings. And I feel like everybody else attends them. So what's what's up with you, Ken? So so as a real as a licensed real estate agent, I am not a licensed loan officer. Mm-hmm. And when you go to your closing in Oregon and Washington, when you go to your closing, the only thing you're doing is you're signing your loan documents. Mm-hmm. There's some t- transfer paperwork from title, but everything is done. So it's it's really not about the real estate side. And what the reason, the, the 100% the reason why I don't do it is because several years ago, I've been in real estate for 13 years. So 13 years ago, I went to a closing and the numbers weren't right. Now I know RESPA has been in place and everything else so that kind of changes things, but it's just a habit now. So years ago we didn't have RESPA. So I'm sitting at the closing table. The client says the numbers aren't right. So the fix it guy I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an aggressive real estate agent and I'm a guy. Guys like to fix things and get things done. Just like a lot of women do too. It's a guy thing, you know, too. So I am, um, I'm sitting there with my client and we're trying to figure out what we need to do to fix this. Well, I didn't get in trouble, but I almost got in trouble because here I am as a real estate agent acting as a loan officer, trying to fix the loan documents. And I was talking to my, my attorney about this and he basically told me I am not allowed to go to closings anymore because that would put me in a very huge liability issue. So he told me. Yeah, true, true. It's the truth. So since then, I don't go. Now, I know a lot of agents are going to say, oh, that's the wrong thing. You have to go. You got to make sure your client's protected. My process, the client's already protected. We're done. We're, We're past the appraisal. There's nothing else that can be done with the exception of canceling the contract because the financing's not right. Right. So because my attorney told me that and any other issues that would pop up, I would always try to fix it because that's who I am and that's what I do. And that's what I teach my team. And that's what it is. So I don't go to my closings. Now, how do I handle that with my clients? Right. Um, when I work with a buyer, we do a buyer consultation. It takes anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And we sit down and we go through everything in the process of buying a home. And I teach home buying classes here in the state of Washington. I'm approved through the state. And I cover this all the time. I'm like, if you don't work, if you work with me, I will not be at your closing, but I will be there to hand you your keys. And I explain why. And the loan officers I work with, they're always at the closings anyway. So, um, so my client, huh? It's their side of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, everything I've done, everything we've done is done after the appraisal has been, you know, once we're at value on the appraisal as a real estate agent, my job is really done. And I explain that to my clients in the, in the buyer consultation and nobody has an issue. I've never had a client in over 13 years get mad at me because I wasn't there. Do you guys um, at the closings is usually the, if you're representing the buyer, are the seller and their agent there? Or is it only the buyer, the lender and the title? 
in our area, it's just it's just they're separated. They're not they're not at one table doing everything. In our area, in, in Oregon and Washington, or Southwest Washington and Portland Metro, it's separate. So the buyer goes in at one time, the seller goes in at a different time. They're near, they're hardly ever do they ever meet. In fact, usually the seller's done a day, maybe a day or so beforehand. But uh, with the buyer, they they the buyer and seller usually never meet at title. So it, and it's just their loan stuff. It's just the transfer and their loan. Yeah, that makes sense. So the key exchange happens when? Key exchange doesn't happen until we have recording numbers. So once it's done at title in our area, it goes to the county for recording. Once we get those recording numbers, Mm -hmm. that's when we can give the key. That could happen as much as 72 hours later in our area. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, typically it happens the same day. Don't get me wrong. Typically it happens the same day. Okay. Okay. But if it's, if they don't close until five o'clock on a Friday and the wire transfer didn't happen like it was supposed to happen on time for them to process it, send it over to the county for the second run in the afternoon, then it doesn't get recorded with the county. So 72 hours later on Monday is when it gets recorded. Do you guys have holiday. people doing like pre-occupancy in situations like that where the sellers will allow the buyers to move or they're just like, it's not your house yet? Typically not. Uh, very seldom in our area do we do pre-occupancy. Once in a while. I mean, I've done several over the years. We think we've done three or four this year, okay. but it's it's very uncommon for pre-occupancy for a buyer. And, you know, I think, I mean, you saw that that Facebook chat. It, it got pretty heated. I mean, people were saying, like, if you don't go, you shouldn't be a real estate agent. Like a couple people said that, which I think the miscommunication is how business is done in different parts of the country because like for you the way that you're describing everything taking place like that is passes all of the logic tests but like in Ohio where I do business they are still doing roundtable closings so the buyer and the seller the agent the lender it's like everybody's there watching the buyer sign all the paperwork it's insanity and they exchange keys yeah. and they get occupancy at closing most of the time. So like usually the moving yeah. truck is like outside. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Not here. I like you know, typically, <laughs> typically possession happens the same day. Okay. You know, either five o'clock or nine o'clock at night, depending on how the contract is written. Um, however, with that being said, we can't hand keys until it's been recorded at the county and we have those recording numbers. And then based following the contract. So yeah. there are times that, you know, the contract will say five o'clock is when we can hand keys over, but maybe it's a vacant house or something. Now they've moved out a couple of days early and, you know, the seller and the, and the listing agent say, yeah, go ahead. You guys and we get that in an email. But typically the possession's not until that recording number and typically not until five o'clock or nine o'clock that evening. Interesting. That's cool. Well, I appreciate you backing me up because I felt like I was losing that battle. So thank you, Ken. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And you know, you're right. I mean, everybody, everybody's used to what their area does. And they just, you know, when you're talking East Coast versus West Coast, you're talking attorneys versus title officers, you know, so there's so much difference that goes on. Yeah. So, so no problem. I'll back you up all day long on that one. I I really, I don't go to closings. (laughs) Haven't for 13 years. Cool. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. 
hello. And today I'm talking to Cheryl Huff. Hey, Cheryl. How are you doing? Super. And Cheryl's with Comey and Shepard and, and she serves Greater Cincinnati. So Cheryl, we were talking about, do you attend the closings? Why or why not? I absolutely attend the closings. No, you're on Monica's side, Cheryl. (laughs) Talk to me. I I look at it. I'm a previous runner, and I used to do marathons, and I look at it like I take them all the way to finish line. It makes no sense to dart off at the end of the race and not cross that line. It's a celebratory thing. Do you think that – see, Monica and I got in a big fight about this. Do you? Think- oh, that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, if you don't fight about things, how can you grow? You know? Yeah. So do you think if we didn't, cause it's customary in Ohio to do round table closings. Uh-huh. Do you think that if it was customary for just like sellers and buyers to go into the title company whenever they want that you would still attend? You know, I've done, but I've done both, but I would, I would still attend with whoever my client was. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've had closings with out-of-state title companies, everything from the buyer just clicks to sign and there's, you know, no official right. anything. Last week, I had a very unique transaction that I haven't encountered this in 20 years and it kind of upset me. Oh, what but happened? I had a client that I just sold her a house and then she referred me to her mother who was going to move in with her. So I sold her house and the closing was set up. It was an out of state buyer. So they signed separately. So we had it set up to close just with my buyer at my office. Okay. And the, the buyer's daughter was unable to bring her. So I said, no problem. I'll go pick her up and bring her. And so I went and picked her up and brought her to my office. And she's like, are we supposed to be meeting someone else? I said, yeah, the notary is supposed to be here and you're going to sign the papers, et cetera. And she's like, I already did that. Oh, (laughs) my jaw just (laughs) dropped. I'm like, what? (laughs) Apparently the notary contacted her directly, set up to come three hours earlier to her house and sign the documents because she had a parent teacher meeting at the time of our closing. No one one notified me. I had no idea what documents she had signed. So then it turns into a, okay, I want to protect my clients. So that's why I want to be a closing. Oh my gosh. That's kind of crazy. I I mean, that's more of a communication issue too. Sure. So, who do you like the title companies like a neutral third party right right and it was your buyer but should do you think about the lender should be the one that goes over the documents i've i've had it go both ways i've had the lenders go over things and then i've also had buyers contact me if they have questions right because they like know and trust you and maybe that lender hasn't like really built the relationship for it yeah Yeah, that makes sense. I know. I think a lot, most people feel the way that you do. I mean, this got pretty heated on Facebook. I was, I didn't realize it was such a heated. This is the toe to toe part. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't realize it was so heated. Like a lot of people are exactly what you're saying. Like it is the finish line. Like if there's questions, but in my head, I think, well, gosh, I mean, if it's a buyer, most of the questions are going to be lender questions and I'm not the mm-hmm. lender. And if it's a question on the numbers, like the title company should have said that, sent that ahead of time. And like, which like, sometimes doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It's annoying. Yes. Gosh. Well, that's, that's really awesome. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts. Sure. Hey everyone. I'm here with Blair Ballin. Hi, Blair. Hey Jennifer. How are you? Great. And he's with Conway Real Estate serving Phoenix, Arizona. So I appreciate you being on here with me today, Blair. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we had gotten a lot of responses in our question about should you attend the closings or not? And you and I were having a conversation that you kind of see it both ways. Do you, um, so what are your thoughts? Like, why would you attend? Why wouldn't you attend? So I I really don't, uh, with both closings and inspections, I see zero need to be there. Okay. Um, I think it's actually doing the client a disservice by being there um, and actually showing that we're less professional by being there. So regardless if you're an agent or a team or whatever, or have a team or on a team or whatever, and no matter how busy you are, the, the vendors, they should be qualified enough to, doing, to be doing the job that they've been hired to do or getting paid to do. So then for us to be there, in my opinion, just gets in the way of what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And if we've already done our job, then everything else is already taken care of. So then when I've analyzed this before, then let's say in the case of closing, the only point of really being there probably from what I've heard from most agents is to get referrals. Well, then that's self-serving and that doesn't really serve the public. And in my opinion, that's just bogus because then you're really not there to help the client. You're just there to get a referral. Which, oh, we're going to get some heat for this, Blair. <laughs> um, I, I'm used to it. I don't care. Uh, it's, and like it, you, you should already be getting a referral if you've done a good job or not. So it's irrelevant to be there. Um, and if you're there at the inspection or closing, I feel, uh, I'm not a broker, but from a brokerage standpoint, if anything were to ever go wrong and the client were to come back at you, that you open the doors for you to potentially be sued or involved with mediation or whatever, mm-hmm. because now you're part of that exact process. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Realtor or Mr. Realtor or Mrs. Realtor, why, why didn't you review the settlement statement more, you were there, you, you had a chance to look at it. Or Mrs. Agent, you know, you were at the inspection, the inspector went over this, you didn't ask for it in the inspection, you were there, why didn't you do it? So I, I think it's a horrible business practice to attend anything. I, I like your thought process on that, because I happen to agree with you. So I feel like Monica got knocked out on this, even though <laughs> on Facebook, you and I got knocked out. But I think I like your perspective of collapsing the inspection and the closing together because you're right. Like they, the seller has hired or the buyer, your client has hired the professional to take care of those things. And we did our part and what we were hired for, which is find a ready, willing, and able buyer. And then that's kind of it. What do you say, or what are your thoughts around the agents that feel like they have to handhold these clients and kind of like get in the middle of every part of the process? Because they feel like they're helping the client. And I know you alluded to like, 
you're really, if it's only self-serving, but I think they would disagree with you. I don't think that they would think it's self-serving. Right. So, I mean, my opinion is that we show up at an inspection. I know this, you know, we were talking about um, closings here, but I think inspections are generally part of the same type of process or system is that as, as a successful realtor, we should be setting up the systems and processes in place. So let's say in, in, in the case of me, and I'm not saying my system or process is perfect, but this is what I do. Right. And, and I, I believe my clients are very well served by it is before the inspection, we have a discussion, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, this is what's going to happen. I'm not going to be at the inspection. If there's any questions, I've used these inspectors before. I know how to get a hold of them. And then uh, we can talk with them after if there's any questions. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, you're going to be going to the title company or attorney to sign uh, the final paperwork. We've reviewed the settlement statements. Everything is already, everything has been lined up. Everything is good to go. Mm-hmm. We'll get together after that for exchange of keys or whatever. Okay. If, if everything is already in place and lined up, there's no need, there's zero need for us to be there. So the handholding is really just a lack of self-confidence on the realtor's part that they haven't done the right job for their clients prior to that because there's there's just no need to be there. Interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. I also think sometimes agents, many agents feel like they need to like earn their commission outside of what we've been hired to do. And that's like part of that. Do you... Okay. In your um, in Arizona, is it customary to have like roundtable closings where all the parties are present? No, that that happens. I've been selling real estate for almost twenty years, and I don't know if I've ever heard of a time of that happening. I mean, it's where uh, both parties go in whenever they go in. I mean, in in the however many transactions I've had, I think I've heard of it maybe twice where buyer and seller randomly just happen to show up at the same time, but they didn't sign or I, yeah, well, they didn't sign at the same time. So is it then is, who does the title company represent? Neutral third party. So no one, no one, if you have the, okay. So then does the title company normally send the paperwork like ahead of time? If you have the seller say, so we'll, well, again, so that's system and process. So as the listing agent, I'll make sure that I get a copy of the settlement statement before mm-hmm. so I can review it to make sure all, all fees and stuff, let me rephrase that, all terms line up to the contract yeah. and then everything else is correct mm-hmm. and then forward it to the seller, let them know, make sure they're good with it. Yeah. And there, there's nothing else to, there's nothing else for us to review. Right. It's just, it's a waste of time. Now I will say like 15 years ago, I did go to closings uh-huh. and I was at one closing where the lender and title company messed up on fees, but that was before we had you know, whatever we have now where CDs are issued and we can see all that stuff. So back then I went to a couple, but, but then since then I haven't. uh, And then on the buyer side, we get a copy of the settlement statement or whatever the the correct term is these days. And we review that. (laughs) It's called something else I forget too. (laughs) Whatever. To make sure closing costs are correct or whatever. So there's, there's, there's no point for us to, to, to review it more. Like we're, we're not going to be there. Oh, like, you know, that, that number is wrong. If it was wrong, then it has to be re-signed anyway. Right. No, that makes sense. Well, I really appreciate your thoughts on this and I'm glad you're on my side. Finally, one person. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We got to fight the fight. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Blair.
Yeah, and, and just as a side note, it's kind of a joke. What I have told people before on the listing side, if you're going to attend, I mean, I, I know most listing agents don't attend the inspections for their sellers when they're representing the, the, the seller, but then are you going to attend when the post and sign gets installed? Are you going to attend the termite inspection? Like, where does the line stop for attending what you need to attend? Because you can't just make the determination, I'm going to attend the closing but not attend everything else. Like it doesn't, from a legal standpoint, you're opening up the doors way, way more than you should for legality. I agree, 100%. Well, thanks again. And um, I appreciate you coming on. You got it. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed diving deeper into this week's topic with our real estate heavyweights. If you're interested in becoming a featured heavyweight, please reach out through our toe-to-toe podcast Facebook page.